What's up, everybody? Welcome to Beyond Strength and Endurance Coach Education. I'm the head coach, Kyle Holman. Today, we're going to take a look at how to create a kick-ass class experience. So what does that mean? Leading a great class is so much more than just putting some music on, reading the workout off the board, and demonstrating some movements. It even goes far beyond just coaching in and of itself. There are some great coaches who lead a very boring class, and there are some not-so-great coaches who lead a very awesome class. The kick-assness, if you will, lies in a combination of both of those. We're going to take a look at 15 things involved in a class. You can look at each of those individually with yourself so you can improve those and create your own awesome class experience. Let's get started. As Crash Davis says in Bull Durham, this game is fun, damn it. Even for those who haven't seen that movie, it's, it's a good reminder that coaching is fun. It should be fun. Um, one of the hardest things to do, I think, in all the years I've been coaching, uh, almost 18 years now, is to bring your A game every day. Uh, life happens, what's going on outside the gym, personal life, family life, anything like that. Uh, but when you step on that gym floor with those athletes and members, you got to be able to flip the switch and give them your best. Uh, not only because that's what they're there for and when that's what they're paying for, but as a coach, this is what you chose to do. This should be uh, a passion of yours to help people achieve things that they never thought were possible. So being able to flip that switch and, and give them your A game every single day um, is most important. And part of that involves having fun. Look, fitness is fun. Lifting is fun. Challenging yourself mentally and physically is fun. Achieving personal records and being together with people and pushing and breathing and sweating and having fun, that's what it's all about. So don't ever forget that. I think one of the biggest things that will help uh, bring your A game and, and have fun is you need to see people. Um, and not just I'm not just talking about physically seeing them. Of course, you need to see them if you're going to coach them. But see each individual person. Are they a husband? Are they a, a mother? Are they a father? Are they a son or daughter? Are they old, young? Um, are they at a stressful corporate job? Do they work from home? Um, are having a tough day, a, a good day? Seeing people that have ups and downs and, and failures and, um, and achievements just as you do, that helps you, you know, celebrate and jump up and down when they hit those PRs, but also you know, sit on a bench with them and tell them that the, there's going to be better days. Um, but all of that involves around we are here to um, – you know, get better. Um, you know, we take, uh, we should take our workouts uh, and our results seriously, but ourselves not so much. Uh, that's what gr just creates a great atmosphere, uh, camaraderie, um, and and one that people will love to be a part of. Organization. You should be prepared well before you walk in to coach each class. That might sound very obvious. But you can definitely tell when someone has not prepared to coach class. I've been around coaching a long time and I've been fortunate to help a lot of coaches get into it and uh, really see them you know, start out and, and where they progress to. And I think a lot of times, especially if you came from being a member or, or whatnot, you just, it looks like you just you know, stand up there and read what's on the whiteboard, demonstrate some movements, and, and there you go. Um, but for those of us who have, have done it and been in it for a while, you know it's, it's so much more than that. Uh, so being prepared ahead of time, what does that mean? If you are in charge of creating any type uh, or any part of the warm-up, then um, I always tell young coaches that write down way more than you think. I mean, you know, if that general warm-up section uh, is five, seven, ten minutes, whatever it is, write down way more exercises than you ever think you will get to. 
uh, early on in my coaching career, I would write some stuff down and I'd be done with it in three minutes. And now, now you look unorganized because you're standing there trying to think on the spot or on the fly of what you should do next. Uh, I used to carry a clipboard. Um, that's pretty old school, I suppose now, but, um, you can have your phone depending on what the regulations are in your gym to have notes of what you're going to go through. So it's not only the warm up, but the timetable of class, how long is that first section or whatever you're doing, uh, Olympic lifting strength, whatever, how long is the met counter wad knowing how much time you need, uh, in between and to prepare people and how are you going to prepare people? What equipment are they going to need? Um, we'll talk more about logistics in a minute, but how, how many people do I have in class and how do I need to lay out that equipment? All those things, when you are just organized and you flow from one thing to the next, that just creates an awesome class experience rather than standing there saying, um, or what a lot and trying to think about what you're doing next and, um, people asking questions and you're not having the answer. So, um, look at things ahead of time, ask questions. If you have the ability to ask, uh, you know, whether it's a head coach or your, your owner or whoever programs for you. Um, if you don't understand something, um, you know, I'd have coaches text me two minutes before class sometimes. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I can't, I don't have my phone glued to my hip. So, um, you, that is your job as a coach to be prepared and, and know everything you're going to go through and how you're going to go about it. So, uh, make sure that you do your part, um, to be organized, be in command. When you walk in that gym, that training area, that is, that is your domain that you now own. You are in control of it. Um, a lot of times people think it's just you know, young kids or whatever, middle school, elementary, high school that, that don't listen to the, the teacher or coach and, and talk while they're talking. But I think sometimes adults can be even worse at that. Uh, it depends on the day. In my experience, like usually the morning crew, um, you know, they're just waking up. You know, I know there's some morning people, but usually uh, not a, a huge issue with them being a little rowdy or whatnot. But uh, midday or uh, after work, you know, people see their friends and they want to talk and, and we definitely understand that. And there's time uh, before class, after class, there's time in between while we're resting for them to do that. So never be afraid if you're going through stuff and there are people who are talking or not listening that you need to take back control. Uh, you need to, you know, depend on, that's why it's good to get, know to me- get to know your members, um, how much you can, you know, give shit to people or, or joke with people or not. But, um, you know, you got to bring them back so that um, it's not just for them to pay attention. But if they're talking, then other people most likely can't hear either. Um, when you're going through the class, it, you know, if you're um, on the clock with as far as going like uh, every minute you're doing something or, or whatnot, um, make sure you're loud. Make sure people know uh, when they're going and when they're resting. Um, you think, you know, as adults, like, well, whatever, we're doing an EMOM, so they'll pay attention. I promise you they won't uh, if you're not calling it out. So just everything that you do needs to be intentional. Um, you need to be, everyone needs to know that you're the one that's dictating everything. Um, and, and it might sound um, from this that I'm telling you to be an asshole or, or a dick or anything, but I'm not telling you to do that. There's a way to still have fun and still be in command of everything that you're doing in there. So, um, you know, that comes with confidence. Be confident in what you're doing. Take command take people through the workout as it should be. Um, and that'll create a good experience for them. You are a coach, not a DJ, but there are definitely a few things that we need to consider when it comes to music and putting on a kick-ass class experience. Uh, So as I mentioned, you're not a DJ. You don't take requests. This isn't time in class for you to keep changing the song because someone, uh, is wants something different. Um, I recommend playing something like fit radio. Um, I don't work for them in any capacity, but fit radio just loop songs together. There's different genres you can choose, pop, rock, hip hop, all that stuff. Um, if you use iTunes or Spotify, even five seconds of an outro or intro to a song where there is dead silence in the gym can just really kill the mood. 
Uh, so I would recommend using something like a Fit Radio to keep that uh, going. This isn't time for you to play your favorite playlists. Look, I love country music, and uh, I can work out to country music, but uh, not a lot of people can. So, uh, you know, like I said, stick with up-tempo, good beat stuff um, that people are going to uh, enjoy working out to. Um, then secondly is the volume of the music. Usually in the first section of class or when there's going to be, you know, Olympic lifting strength, skill work or something like that where there should be uh, more individualized and more coaching going on um, at that time, you do need to have the volume of the music down just a little bit. It doesn't need to be very low, but just down a little bit. And really that comes down to your voice. Uh, I have a very loud voice, so I can talk over a lot of things. Uh, But if your voice is is a little bit quieter, then you're going to have to take that in consideration when you're coaching. When we get to the Metcon, WOD, whatever you want to call it, then, I mean, Yes, there's still some instruction being had, but it's more motivation and, and small stuff at that point. So, you know, crank it up and, and music can really create an awesome atmosphere for people to work out in. So, uh, like I said, you are a coach, not a DJ, but you can definitely do some things to uh, help out the situation with the music. Take a deep breath and slow down. This is something I talk about with a lot of new coaches. I know when I was first in coaching, you just you you talk a thousand miles an hour. I'm going to date myself, but if you ever remember the Micro Machine commercials where the guy, or, or at the end of commercials where they're talking about all the the horrible side effects, where they read a thousand miles an hour, uh, that's what a lot of young coaches sound like. They just blow through everything, and everything is is so fast. I think a little bit of it comes from maybe a lack of confidence, or um, I know you know early on if if there's even a second of silence, it's so uncomfortable uh, when you're coaching, so you feel the need to fill that silence with just uh, talking more. Um, but slow yourself down. Um, I was once in a, in a corporate job, in a sales job, and um, I had a problem with doing that. I just would talk and talk and talk. And so my, my boss said, look, I want you to ask them a question or say something, then I want you to mute the phone so you cannot say anything. Um, and man, at first, even three seconds just felt like an eternity. Um, but after a while, it was very comfortable to allow somebody 5, 10, 15, 30 seconds to answer a question or think about it. Um, so how that compares to coaching is when you're going through the movements, take your time, slow down. It's good to look around the room and see, are we getting head nods? Are we getting blank stares? Uh, things like that. But, um, they're going to understand you better if you are speaking clearly and, and not talking a thousand miles an hour. The other thing it will do is the faster you talk, especially if you're also demonstrating movement, you're going to get out of breath. Um, and then you're going to have to sit there and catch your breath, uh, while everyone's staring at you. So, uh, just make sure you, it, it just comes down to confidence and, and being organized so you know what you're doing and that you know, you're know you going to have enough time to do it all and all that good stuff. But uh, slow yourself down when you're talking to people, explaining the workout or coaching them um, or anything like that. Less talking, more moving. Uh, that might sound uh, counterproductive being a coach because obviously we need to coach. We need to talk. But there's a way to... Um, you know, find a good combination of the two and something simple like a warm up. If we're doing a general warm up, and so we're going through general stretches or we got a PVC and we're doing pass throughs and, and all that stuff. I like to, you know, say the first movement, okay, hey, we're going to do 10 PVC pass throughs and then kind of let them do that. And then as I look around the room and see that kind of most people are finishing, all right, next one, we'll go around the world, it's five each way. And then once again, let them move while they're doing that. And then Keep doing that. Um, if you stand there and you're like, all right, we are going to do 10 PVC pass-throughs, five around the worlds each way, groin stretch, quad stretch, hamstring stretch, and you spend three, four minutes uh, explaining everything, A, they're standing there. 
uh, for that amount of time. B, they will not remember everything that you just told them. So you're going to have to repeat yourself anyway. Um, so it just helps to keep them moving. So even if we're going over technique, um, you know, before snatch or something like that, and we have three movements that we're going to go over before we get into the snatch section, rather than standing there and telling them every single movement, demonstrating every single movement, let's talk about one movement at a time. All right. So here's the first movement. It is a two position snatch high pull, you know, give the key points to it. Um, talk about some things, then boom, Hey, do how many ever reps you're supposed to do five. Okay. Next one is a slow power snatch. Um, and so on and so forth. Even if you're going to do something like three rounds of something like that um, as a technical uh, work or, or warm up, you can take them through one at a time in the first round. And then you can say, okay, you know, two more rounds of the three things and, and um, you know, say those again. But um, I see it a lot that people want to stand there and talk for five, 10 minutes. My goodness. Um, you could, there's a way to explain things and still coach and teach and have people move more frequently as you're doing that. Um, as I mentioned, A, that's going to just going to be a better class experience for them. They don't feel like they're just standing there listening to you talk. Um, and, and then B, um, it allows you to actually uh, coach people better. I think we're only focused on one thing at a time and they're going to remember what you're doing. You're keeping it simple. We're doing this, do that. Um, instead of giving them a list of five or 10 things and, and they're not going to remember them all. Um, so a uh, big fan of that, just having people move more frequently while you're coaching, teaching, anything like that um, will really uh, create a, a much better class experience for people. Demonstrate every single movement. Uh, this one might seem pretty basic, uh, but it's always a good reminder for everything. And honestly, one of the quotes I always remember my dad telling me uh, as a coach uh, that if your athletes aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, that's your fault. So uh, if you get in the workout and they're not getting their depth on something or doing some movement incorrectly, um, and especially if you didn't demonstrate that movement, then um, I'm sorry, but you have nobody to blame but yourself. Um, you need to go through the movements. It only has to be a couple reps. Go over the key points. Um, as I mentioned previously, we don't need to stand there and talk at people for 10 minutes, going into super deep depth about everything. Um, if you want to, you know, practice the movements more before, then, you know, let's say something like a wall ball, then have people grab a wall ball and demonstrate the movement, have them do some reps and then go rather than stand there and talking at them forever. But um, this is honestly something that that I could work on more. Uh, the more and more I've coached and I look around at everybody in class and if it's one of those days where I'm like, everybody's been doing CrossFit in here for a really long time and they all know these movements, um, it's easy to just skip past demonstrating movements. But you can always learn uh, key points. Um, you can always talk about the different uh, parts of the movement and, and give some reminders. So um, a basic thing, but a very important thing. Uh, make sure you demonstrate uh, all movements always. Check with the new people. Uh, so this is something that anytime you're going over any section of class, uh, whether it be you know strength, Olympic lifting, or the actual met counter wad, um, rather than you know knowing when you have new people in class and a lot of this stuff on the board probably seems like Japanese, like EMOM and AMRAP and all that stuff. Um, you know, I'll find that person after the section. Um, you can even acknowledge, you know, hey, for those of you who are newer, um, I'll, I'll help you out with this uh, once we get everybody um, going here. Um, so that way you can, you know, move through explaining what we're doing to the majority of the class. And then after um, you kind of break away from the whiteboard or whatnot, you can go to those new people and say, hey, does everything make sense? Or, you know, hey, let's do this or that. So um, that gives them, uh, you know, the extra attention they need at first, but uh, also that um, you know, allows you to uh, still move through at a normal pace, explaining everything else um, rather than breaking down every minute detail because uh, there is a newer person there um, in class. Take a deeper dive into what you're explaining to everybody. 
So if you are going over, um, you know, you're doing snatch high pulls today, what are snatch high pulls helping them focus on? Uh, if we're doing something like a deadlift or a back squat, what are the reps and why are we doing those reps? Is it low rep that's more for maximal strength? Is it higher rep that's more for endurance? Those deeper dives really help uh, people focus more uh, when they get to those things. Um, you know, especially with strength training, when people are new, if you just say, whatever, we're doing five sets of two today and you don't go into any explanation that it should feel heavy and it's for increasing our overall strength, you'll have people that'll just put some very lightweight on the bar, do two reps and stand there and stare at the clock. So those are all helpful when you get to the Metcon or WAD. Um, you know, what is a, a strategy that would be good to implement? Um, you know, the movements, but uh, how many movements should we be looking to do unbroken? How many rounds should we be looking to get? What time should this take? Um, all those things where you kind of give people a little more insight into the why behind um, the things that are programmed um, instead of just, you know, presenting them as face values. This is what we're doing and let's go do it. Um, so think about that. That comes down to preparation and knowing yourself why you're doing those things. Um, but give people a little more insight into, into the why behind the what. Different sections of class require different ways to coach. In the first section of class, typically we are doing something like strength, Olympic lifting, skill work, or conditioning, things like that. This is a time for much more individualized coaching. Um, obviously, when we're doing strength training or Olympic lifting and things like that, uh, we are resting in between sets. So that is your time to coach each athlete specifically. If you have a full class, I know a lot of times people look at a full class and just think, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to keep everyone from, from not killing themselves, which is, that's positive. That's a good, good idea. But um, I always like to implement a coaching EMOM. So let's say your class cap is uh, 15 and we have uh, you know, 15 minutes uh, of work that we're doing in strength training. Then I will just say, okay, in minute one, I'm going to get around to this person. In minute two, I'm going to get around to this person. So in that 15 minutes, I have now at least got to everybody in class once. Um, as you get uh, more confident and comfortable, you'll be able to get to a couple people within the minute. Um, but break it up in your mind as well so you can get around to each person and coach. Um, think about movements. And if you think about a snatch or uh, whatever, a bar muscle up or anything like that, if you think about coaching that in an individual session, so if I was coaching that one-on-one, -on -one, do you have confidence to do that? Um, and the, the, the lower your confidence is in those movements, then the more you need to seek out uh, how to get better at coaching those movements. Um, because it can't be a situation where you're just not coaching people or giving them individual feedback because you don't know uh, how to coach that movement. I don't expect everybody to know every movement out of the, at the beginning, but you need to remedy that then. Um, if you really don't understand how to look at a snatch and pick out the key points, then what are you doing about that? It's okay that you don't know everything at the beginning, but you need to try and fix that. Um, so that's in the first section of class. And it does help you know, video people. Um, and you can look at it after class. So you can look at it in slow motion if you can't pick things out in, in full speed. Um, in the section, second section of class, the Metcon, the WAD, this is more uh, motivation um, and, and key points and smaller things, all right? Obviously, we're not going to go to somebody in the middle of a WAD and tell them to stop, and let me tell you all the key points of, of this clean right now. Um, obviously, we want to stop people if they're doing something that's going to hurt themselves, um, but it is more quick key points like, hey, fire your elbows through or uh, work on dropping underneath that bar or snap your hips in a kettlebell swing or uh, anything like that. It's quicker cues that you can do on the fly and that they can hear and receive on the fly, but yet keep breathing and moving because that's uh, what we're trying to do at that point. Um, 
so those are the different sections of class. Just know what you're um, what you should be focusing on as a coach. And like I said, more individualized in the first section, uh, more generalized in the second section. Be vocal while you are coaching. Some people have a more natural coaching voice, uh, which is more distinct and, and usually a little bit louder, but anybody can coach uh, with their natural voice, uh, but you need to be vocal and you need to be heard. Um, a couple reasons. I mean, A, the, the lower your voice is. We do have music playing in class, uh, sometimes louder than others, but uh, the lower your voice is, obviously people just straight up cannot hear you. Um, second, if, if it comes off as shy or timid, then it, it's just that it, it lacks confidence. And so if you're trying to coach somebody and, and you're, it's coming off very shy or timid, then they probably feel like, well, this person doesn't have much confidence in what they're telling me. So I don't know if I really want to pay attention to that. Um, you need to naturally be yourself. Um, I'm naturally more of a um, kind of both ends of the spectrum. I'm a, I'm a motivator, but I'm also, I'm going to tell you straight to the point what we need to fix and, and how we fix it. Uh, we have another coach at our gym who is, man, super energetic, super bubbly. And um, I always joke, but if I tried to act like that person, people would think I was drunk or on drugs or something. So you need to be yourself. If you're a natural, more outgoing person, then it, it obviously makes it a little easier. But um, use your personality, uh, use your voice and be who you are. Uh, think about it when you're going through workouts. What do you like to hear? Do you like to hear more motivation or or anything like that? Um, so ultimately, you need to be you as a coach because that's just going to come off as being authentic, and and you'll find your own um, your own way to coach that way. Um, you know, being vocal about the clock if it's an imam or anything like that, letting people know when to work, when to rest. Uh, motivation, you know, helping people pick the barbell back up or the dumbbell back up or just simple stuff like, you know, we're almost there. Keep breathing, keep moving, um, anything like that. But uh, make sure you are being vocal um, so that people can hear you and people have confidence in what you're saying. Um, and that will definitely help uh, the overall class experience. Remind people of what they're doing uh, pretty frequently. <laughs> I mentioned earlier in a warm up. Uh, a, if you, in any section of class, if you try to say too many things at one time, like you give them 10 things to do there, they probably remember two of them. Um, so you need to remind them. So even if I've gone through, uh, each of the things involved in, let's say the warm up, and there were three movements, then as they finish that round, if we're doing multiple rounds, I would say, I will repeat it that we are doing 10 pass throughs, five around the worlds and 10 overhead squats or something like that. It's, you don't, you, you promise, I promise you, you don't sound like a broken record. People forget all the time. Um, so when you're in a workout, if it's an AMRAP or something like that, or the first round of a four-time workout, you know, I'll kind of look around. Let's say it's something like Cindy, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. You know, I'll watch people. Most people are done with pull-ups. You know, hey, we got push-ups next. Uh, you know, after people are finishing push-ups, all right, get to those air squats. It might sound very simple, but um, it really helps people. The amount of time people, I'm sure you've seen, go up and look at the board um, or have to go look at their small whiteboard because they forget uh, what, what they're doing next. So that's a very simple thing. doesn't take much effort, but it really does help people a lot. When you f- It just helps them understand that you totally know everything that's going on in class and you understand um, what we need to do next. So a uh, simple thing, but it can go a long way. Logistics of equipment. Uh, this is one that... I uh, feel pretty strongly about it that and it, mainly because it can add such a better class experience if you really take the time to think about it. Uh, each gym is unique. Some gyms have 20 rowers. Some gyms have two rowers. Um, and according to your class cap, that can make um, you know things difficult. Um, and hopefully your, your programming is uh, taken to that into consideration. But uh, even if it's not, when we especially we get into something like the, the Metcon or WAD, the more equipment that is needed for the workout the more 
that you need to think about this logistically. Look, if we need a barbell, a box, and we're going to be on the rig or something like that, um, if you just let people set up wherever, it, it is going to look like a giant cluster out there. Um, so uh, a lot of times, you know, depending on the setup of your gym, obviously, uh, some gyms kind of have the rig in the middle where you kind of have a little bit of separation on both sides. Um, other gyms, it's kind of one big open space, uh, where I've been at a lot, it's one big open space. So in a workout like this, I will say, Hey, let's put all the boxes right down the middle of the gym. Uh, that gives a natural separation for people to put their barbells on the other side, if that's what we needed. Um, and things like that. So, um, a, not only does it, uh, look nice when you're in there, but it just keeps everybody in their space. And it, um, I know CrossFitters are accustomed to working out in close proximity to others, but the more you can help them lay out their equipment, uh, the less chance you're going to get people having to step around people or, um, get, you know, heaven forbid, get hit by something or things like that. Um, you know, jump rope is a big one. Uh, if double unders in a workout, making sure that, you know, you're setting that up with their barbell or, or whatever wall balls, whatever else is in the workout, but knowing where people are jumping. Literally, if we've had a barbell and double unders in a workout, I will say everybody on this half of the room is jump roping on this side of the bar. Everybody on this half of the room is jumping on that side of the bar. Um, that might seem, uh, I guess over the top, but I promise you will add such a better experience to people when they know exactly where they're supposed to be. Um, and everybody's on the same page. Um, it helps a lot of things. So really think about, uh, how many people you have in class, what equipment you need, how can you lay out that equipment to best, um, make it, um, you know, uniform for everybody and, um, and just make it a much better experience. Congratulate each and every member, uh, after every workout. Um, it could be after both sections of class, but definitely after that, that met counter wad, you know, when everyone's breathing heavy and, and things like that, catching their breath after the workout, uh, that could just be a verbal, you know, great job today or way to push, um, or a high five or a fist bump or, or anything like that. But getting around to each member individually, um, and letting you know, letting them know that you see them, uh, recognizing what they did today and, um, you know, try to make it individualized, watch people in class, pay attention. And, you know, does, you don't have to go around to each person and just be like, good job, Susie. Good job, Bobby. Good job, Billy. Like that's, then that doesn't come off as genuine, but you could say like, Hey, you know, Jim, way to use, uh, you know, the heavier dumbbell today, or, Hey man, your toes to bar looked really good or uh, way to push today, anything like that. But make sure you get around to each member after class, uh, to let them know that, that you saw them and, uh, recognize their effort today. Follow up with members after class. Um, as a coach, um, you know, I feel like one of the reasons a lot of us got into coaching is, um, you know, we enjoy being around uh, the environment, obviously, but uh, also we enjoy being around people and, and the camaraderie of it and, um, you know, helping people get better and all those things. So um, it's great to talk to people after class for multiple reasons of just um, acknowledging what they did in the workout or um, talking through any questions they might have or just being a human being, following up on if they, how they're feeling coming back from pregnancy or uh, how their wedding went or how their weekend was. I mean, um, that develops a, a, just a great relationship with you and everyone that you coach um, to, to know that you care about more than what they're doing in here. And, and that makes people want to come to your class when you, you truly care about uh, not only their success, but them as individuals. So um, time after class is a great time to, you know, shoot the shit and follow up with people. And uh, that's how you get to know people. And that's how you really develop um, a good relationships with people to, to make them want to, uh, you know, come to class and, and be a part of that.